Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Full Out Podcast. I'm so excited you're joining me today. We have my friend Erica Yeager on, and I can't wait for you to hear from her. Erica is a spiritual and holistic life coach and licensed recreation therapist. After searching for many years, she found her life's purpose, helping goddesses dive deep into the spiritual blocks formed in their past, reignite their inner flame, and step boldly into living the life of their wildest dreams. Six years ago, she was a homeless heroin addict on the streets of Salt Lake City, searching desperately for love from everything and everyone around her. Today, having overcome her addiction to people and pain, she is living her life full out, and I can't wait to hear from her. Erica, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. So you guys, just so you have some background, Erica and I went through our spiritual and holistic life coaching certification together. And during that program, we got paired up to do practice coaching and Mm -hmm. our teacher paired the two of us up. So she and I have been coaching each other for almost a year now. Um, And so just through that, we've become great friends and I just am so inspired by her story. I'm inspired by everything that she does. And I think that you guys will learn so much from her. So I really wanted just to have an open dialogue, have a conversation and record it because we have lots of awesome conversations and I'm like, why not record <laughs> one, right? So Erica, will you, will you just kind of dive into your story? Like give us, give us the story, the nitty gritty, because I think the biggest thing that I'm learning is that we connect through our vulnerability. We connect through our stories, through our pain. And then we learn so much by hearing how other people overcome their pain. So for me, going through my divorce and going through, you know, body dysmorphia and perfectionism and those things, it's always been so helpful to hear other people's struggles. Even Mm -hmm. if they weren't the same as mine, I still learned from how they moved through it, how they worked through it. Um, And so I would love for you to share your story so that you get to inspire someone else today. Would you, would you just dive in for us? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm super excited to be here and there's so much that I can share. Um, there's so many things that have happened in my life and I agree with you entirely that when we step into our sto- stories and we own it and we say, you know, this is what happened in my life and we share it just without reservation with others around us, we can save, like if someone had shared their story with me, like that was similar to mine that I could relate to, it could have shared, saved me from so much pain in my life. This is your explicit content disclaimer. We do discuss some intense subject matter So if you are listening with little ones, I suggest putting in your headphones. And if substance abuse, domestic violence, any of those things are triggering for you, 
you might want to pause this episode and check out a different one. Um, And if you find yourself feeling triggered, know that it's okay to pause, to take a break from the episode and come on back. This is all meant to support you in your journey. But if you find that it's bringing up things that aren't feeling great, we encourage you to get help, get support, and check out another podcast episode. Thanks so much. So, I mean, you got a little snippet, like a little snapshot into what my life was. I was a homeless heroin addict for a while. Um, but before that, even I struggled a lot, like most people do with self-love, self-worth, self-esteem, all of that stuff. And my vices changed over the years. And eventually what kind of led me to my breaking point was being addicted to heroin and being homeless and destroying my entire life for something and someone that really didn't care about me. Um, So when I was young, I suffered from a lot of sexual and physical abuse in my family. And that kind of kind of instilled this belief that I was this ugly person. I was a monster on the inside that um, all my worth was attached to these negative experiences that was that were happening in my life. And so when that abuse stopped, I started acting out and searching for whatever I could to fill this like void of like ugly discomfort that I felt in my life if that makes sense. And I mean, from a young age, I remember, I think, I mean, yeah, I was a heroin addict. Yeah. I like did all these crazy things with my life, but I think more than anything else, I was addicted to validation from others Mm. was the Mm -hmm. core of what was going on in my life. And so before I even got to the point where I was living on the street and was destroying my life, like beyond I ever believed fathomable, I was reaching out to people in all of the wrong ways, like whether it was in romantic relationships and friendships, whatever it was, it was so toxic for me. And so, I mean, working with my clients and stuff like that, that's been one of my main focuses is what's underneath the the actual addiction, the unhealthy behavior, what are you really searching for in your life? And for me, that was validation from others, love from others, because I didn't love myself um, at all. And I was so ready and willing to just give myself away, no matter what it looked like to anybody that would give me two seconds of their time. So from a young age until my early adulthood, that was the biggest theme. And that looked like you know, starving my body so that boys would pay attention to me. That looked like going and partying and like not coming home for a week or whatever. Um, so that the cool kids would want to hang out with me. That looked like stealing to support the habits of myself and my friends. That looked like ultimately just throwing all of my values out the window so that people wouldn't abandon me, leave me so that I would have, my worth was attached to however many friends I had, however many people I could text and say, Hey, let's go do this. That would show up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I could talk a lot, probably more than what we have time (laughs) for, 
podcast about my early childhood. And I think that played a big role, but the biggest thing I want to focus on is the message that my worth was dependent on how others viewed me and perceived me. And if they thought that I was important, then I was important. Well, and I feel like, I feel like that is just, you know, regardless of the situation, I feel like that is something that so many women struggle with today Mm -hmm. in whether, whether it's in relationships, whether it is in their health, whether, I mean, the idea of social media alone, I feel like there's so much pressure, um, to ha- to seek this validation, there's so much pressure of this external stuff that I mean, I know that I find myself falling into into the questions of of worthiness around social media, and that's mm-hmm. just such a small aspect of what you're talking about. But I think that this conversation is so important because mm-hmm. what did that look like for you? How did you a did you have a quote unquote rock bottom moment that changed it all or, and then how did you start learning how to love yourself and and to release the external validation? Oh my. Yeah. So I definitely, I've had many a rock bottoms in my life. I remember the first time getting clean because I mean, with anyone that struggles with self-love, self-worth, anything like that, whether it manifesting as an addiction to substances or something else, relapses happen. It does. And so the first time I tried to get clean, I definitely had a rock bottom. I was homeless. I was sitting in a jail cell. I was facing a lot of jail time. And my choices were you can be released and go into a residential treatment center, or you can sit and serve your sentence in here. And I was like, well, hell no, I don't want to sit in here. and serve." Wow. Went by default. I mean, like, and I had, I totaled a car. Um, I just totaled the car. That was the only thing that we owned. All of my bank accounts were overdrafted. I didn't have a job. I had dropped out of college. Like my family hadn't talked to me in about a year by that point. It was just boundaries that they had set with me, which were healthy. Mm-hmm. I understand that now. So there was a rock bottom. The problem for me was rock bottom was never enough. Mm. I lost all of these crazy things, but I didn't. I had already lost my self-worth and my self-love and all that kind of stuff. So it didn't matter what else happened in my life because I didn't have that in the first place. So what was the point? Um, Eventually I got to the point and I don't know if it necessarily would call it a rock bottom. I think it was just a moment when the pain of living in the existence that I was living in outweighed the pain of going through the work that I had to go through to find myself and love myself fully. Right. And so what that looked like wasn't sitting in a jail cell, wasn't, you know, being homeless on the streets or watching my friends overdose regularly. It was me for some reason seeing that there was more to life. And I've had so many moments, like, you know, those like in the movie moments where they're standing in front of the mirror and they're crying and they're like, what is my life? And they're like looking at themselves. So <laughs> yes. I oh got, I had a million of those. And for some reason, one day it just clicked. And it, I was just like, I don't, and I think maybe the short periods of recovery that I did have before this particular moment helped me see the possible life, like the possibilities that life had to offer for me. And it just all of a sudden hit me where I was like, I can be more than this. I am worth more than this because I've like, there is, there may be a million pieces of evidence to the contrary that my brain likes to make up that tell me I'm a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also a, 
like one or two pieces of evidence that I have right now that say the opposite. And that was enough. Um, so the last time that I got clean and, you know, like stopping using substances is a huge part of my story, right? Like removing that part from my life. But when I say get clean, I don't necessarily just mean, or when I talk about recovery, I don't necessarily just mean stopping the substance abuse or stopping that unhealthy behavior. I mean, so much more than that, like starting to choose better things for my life. So I don't count my, my recovery time. I don't like the last day I used or whatever. Yeah, that's a part of it. But I count it by the, the day that I decided to just change my life, change the way that I was living. You'll hear it in like, in recovery all the time about like they say the dry drunk or whatever you can remove every you can stop doing all the negative behaviors in your life but that doesn't change all the negative shit going on in your head and that's, that's huge i've never heard of that before i'm i'm not really familiar with that stuff in the recovery space so that's amazing i've never heard that before and i feel like that relates to so many other versions of this worthiness conversation whether right. it's through the food or through the alcohol or through the obsessive gym or through you know whatever avenue we're taking unhealthy relationships until that mindset starts mm -hmm. to shift that's when the real change starts to happen so what did that look like for you how did you actually start stepping into this new mindset and you and I have talked a little bit about this, but I would love for you to share it with everyone else. Um, yeah. So one of the main things that I did was I realized that the reason why I couldn't figure out how to, you know, live a healthy life was because I had no idea who I was. I had no idea what I liked. I didn't know anything about myself. I knew what I had associated with my, myself with for so long, right? I knew that, well, this Erica, like the many masks that I wore, this Erica loves this, this Erica, like, it's like, it's funny. Cause like, I remember for specific groups of friends, I would have favorite drinks. Like I would, mm, that's like, wild favorite drink. And then I go to a different party and it would be a different favorite drink because it, of what those people liked. It was that extreme. Yep. But once I started to see the masks that none of them were my authentic self, I started to kind of wonder who that was. And for me, what that looked like is I, um, I made a thing called the list and it was inspired by, um, a death of someone close to me. And I, I was like, well, I can't just keep living life the way that I've been living it for so long. There's gotta be something more out there. Um, and if you want to call that a rock bottom, I suppose it could be, it was a really difficult time in my life, but it inspired me to take the steps into my greater self that I needed. And so I wrote down everything. Like people make a bucket list. I wrote down just a list. Like the first thing I did was I chopped my hair off with kitchen scissors. That was the first thing on the list. And then I held a tarantula. I ate a hard boiled egg. I was 26 before I had ever tried a hard <laughs> That's amazing. And then there were big things on there too, like go skydiving, take Amtrak across America. Like all these things that I had never done before to help me figure out who I was. Like I had to try all these new things. And like, I, like we talked about this a little bit the other day when you posted that blog about like finding a new avenue, right? Sometimes engaging in the things, maybe you've had coping skills in the past. For me, I had coping skills in the past that I associated to traumatic events or with certain people, places, and things that I was trying to distance myself from. And that, that doesn't mean that isn't a part of me. That doesn't mean that I can't go back to those things. But when I was on this process of self-discovery, I had to start from scratch. Well, I, and I, oh, sorry, God. I, I think that 
what's so what I'm hearing is that you got curious because I think mm -hmm. there's two different types of people and I, and I forget who else talks about this, but I, I've, I've heard this said in other spaces that, you know, there are some people that know exactly what their passion is. Like mm -hmm. I, I am from the womb. I was swimming around and dancing in my mom's womb. Like I knew that dance had to be a big part of my life and I didn't know what shape it would take, but I knew that movement allowed me to connect to my soul. And then mm -hmm. I think there's other people that are like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't. And I think that there's this pressure to, to know what your passion is. And what I'm hearing you say is that you just got curious. And so I think that gives other people permission just to get curious mm -hmm. and to try out things. You don't have to know what makes you come alive. You don't have to know what your passion is, but if you just start to get curious, I think it starts to open up a whole nother world of does this make me feel good or does right. this not make me feel good? Instead of putting the pressure on having to have it figured out, allow yourself the curiosity. And I love that this, this idea of this list from everything, you know, giant things like skydiving, which might be on my list. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, as small to, you know, having a hard boiled egg, like that's funny to me, but amazing because it gives people permission. You do not have to have some brilliant list. Like, what is interesting and curious to you? And I think that's just mind blowing. That's amazing. And it's so funny. Cause like when I was on this journey, I didn't even know what I like the food that I liked. I didn't know the music that I liked. I didn't know any of that stuff. And it really is just like, okay, well, I'm going to try a hard boiled egg. Guess what? I don't like hard boiled eggs. <laughs> olives too. I don't like olives, but I do like all these other things that I've tried. Like I went skydiving and I fell in love with it. It is exhilarating. Right. And I had the choice in the situation, just like everything else on my list, like skydiving is an extreme example, but there's always that fear. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's easier to picture with skydiving, right? Cause you're literally jumping and hurling your body out of a plane, but it's the same thing that comes up with every single item that I've checked off this list. Right. I was like, Oh, I don't, the reason why I didn't want to try hard boiled egg was because I was like, Ooh, the texture just like looks gross. It feel, would feel gross in my mouth. Like, I don't want to try that. Eh. Right. And so I could have just been like gone my whole life, been 50 down the road and never have had a hard boiled egg. And I would have limited myself from that. Like, what if I loved hard boiled eggs and I yeah. kept my room for 50 years. Right. I hear this a lot from women. Um, you know, if you come from codependent relationships, like mm -hmm. I have one in my past and, and I've seen a lot of friends and close people, um, or people that I'm close to that have gone through this codependent relationship in separating yourself from that. I've found that a lot of women, they don't know what kind of, like you said, music. I don't know what kind of music I like. I don't know what kind of food I like. I don't know what kind of social activity is like because everything was intertwined with this partner and the partner determined, determined and decided everything for you. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people in my life literally go from like loving country music because that's who they're with right now to the next guy they're with loves hardcore rap. And all of a sudden they're just listening to hardcore rap. And it's really interesting to be on the outside because I'm personally guilty of this. I've experienced this myself where, you know, I've lost myself in relationships. Mm -hmm. I've completely lost my sense of who am I? What do I love? What do I want to do? I've lost my boundaries. And I think that this idea of the list just allows one to 
be curious and to try new things to figure out what it is that you truly like. So that mm -hmm. then as you move forward and you become more comfortable with yourself, you become more comfortable in saying, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. It allows you to then show up as a different human and a better human for your next partner. And, and I will say just from personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, when Corey and I first got together, I was very clear. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I'm going to put up with. This is what I'm not going to put up with. But I don't think I had ever done that in a relationship prior to that, because I was always trying to be perfect. And I was always trying to be, you know, what I thought someone wanted to be, so someone wanted me to be. And that falls into that same idea of, oh, you like country? I'll listen to country. Oh, you like rap? I'll listen to rap. Oh, you like this? I'll become this. And, and that wasn't true to myself. So how is that setting you up for a healthy relationship? And I remember being like, oh, I'm a crazy bitch in this relationship <laughs> with Corey. But in actuality, it set us up for something beautiful because I was kind of like, take it or leave it this is who I am. I'm leaving this divorce. I'm leaving this marriage. And this is who I am. And I was showing up for the first time ever in my life authentically and truly mm -hmm. living in my, in my, in who I was. And so I think that this list is such a great tool for people, regardless of what you're, what you're getting out of. But if you're like, how do I get in touch with things? Who do, who am I? Mm -hmm. Start making this list. I love that. Well, and I love what you said. Like, it's such a common misperception, I suppose is the word that if I show up, if I'm my authentic self and I know what I want, then I'm a bitch. And that is so not true. I want to like smash that belief right now. If anyone in your life thinks that way, then they are not in alignment with who you need to be with. Like that's not, that's not loving and supportive. That's not someone that is there to build you up, like, and to you know, be your little cheerleader for you as you grow. Because I think every single woman needs to be doing that. And I think if we did as a collective, male, female, whatever, if as a collective, if we started showing up as our authentic selves, we would save each other and ourselves from so much unnecessary pain, so much. And yeah, like the list for me was a really good way to figure that out. And I had the same experience where like, I mean, you hear the saying like, you'll, the same stuff will come into your life over and over again until you learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing, right? And the less I was, the less authentic I was in relationships, the more often I was hurt in relationships. And I lost myself in those relationships. And the second that I started to learn that being authentic is what's going to bring, like ultimately bring me joy, happiness, peace, all that amazing stuff into my life. That's when I started to attract people like, I mean, like you and like my partner and all the people in our class and like the friends that I have right now that honor and respect me stepping into my inner goddess. And like, it might be intimidating to some people, but I hope that it can inspire more than it intimidates. Yeah. I mean, I think for women, I think that a, you're right. We do have to stop that stereotype of you owning what you owning, not only what you like, but who you are owning your power does not equal you being a bitch. A yes. Agree. But then I think we have to look at it on the opposite side of like you owning your story and owning this power gives permission to every other woman around you to step into hers. Like that is the effect. 
Yes, 100%. I mean, I remember seeing, you know, as I've moved through from fitness into like more mindset stuff, I remember seeing certain friends of mine or people that I admired on social media stepping up and doing these things. And I was like, yes, like that's for me. I want to be doing that too. And if they're able to do that and find success with it or, or to not die, like, you know, they're, they're not getting hurt by doing this. That gives me permission. And I think that's something I'm so passionate about is, is that, you know, owning our power, owning our stories and, and stepping forward with that creates that ripple effect. It gives permission. Well, and I think one of the biggest barriers that comes up is it triggers people to see ah. step into our power fully and be that freaking fiery goddess. That's just so magical. And I love seeing it for a long time. I struggled with that. When it's like social media is a great example of this, when women would come up in my feed that were totally owning their power, I would be like, Ooh, Oh, like, I don't like it. Unfollow. I'm like, or judge them even. And what I learned in this process, as I started to, um, kind of work on some of my shadow stuff and show up more authentically as myself is that that person is offering me the greatest opportunity for growth because that's a mirror of something going on in my life. So if you are intimidated, if something's coming up and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't be like that person. They're so much better than me, or this makes me uncomfortable to see, take a second and ask yourself why. That's what I had to do. And honoring your inner goddess by doing that and saying like, what's going on right now? What is this triggering? Why is this coming up for me? What's this resistance that I'm feeling? And most of the time, for myself at least, it's related to some like past belief that I created in all of the unhealthy, toxic relationships that I was in, in the addictions and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just trying to creep back into my life and gather more evidence so that it can take control again. And so when we have awareness of that, it's such a beautiful gift. Um, I, I try and express gratitude for it. That's my biggest thing is when someone shows up in my newsfeed and, or in my life that brings some of these triggers up, um, this discomfort in my life, I, I say, thank you for showing me where I need to work. Thank you for, you know, bringing to light the shadow that still lives within me, you know, okay. and ask myself, what can I do to resolve this discomfort? Do, and most of the time it's just stepping into it and just being aware of it. Nine yeah. times, that's all it is, which is super simple, right? Like, it's not like this huge, I have to go through all this life work and I have to meet with five different therapists. It's just like, Oh, okay. I'm aware of it now. Right. Yeah. I love that. I have um, a teacher that talks about the shadow and she's like, your shadow and the triggers, those are, those are the reminders of how you don't want to live your life anymore. So if something is triggering you and it brings up that shadow and she starts saying, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not whatever, you're not enough. Thank her. Say, Hey, thanks mm -hmm. girl. Come on in for coffee. Thank you for reminding me of how I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live in the space of not feeling good enough. So thank you for showing me that. I'm going to move forward. And I just love that. I love that because I do feel like leaning into the shadow, leaning into that discomfort is what allows us to be at peace. I used to be in the space of I'd shove it all down and know everything mm -hmm. had to be perfect and I had to be grateful for everything. And and that wasn't really honoring myself. It wasn't honoring 
me feeling up and me feeling down and all of the stuff that makes me me. And so I think that leaning into that shadow and leaning into that discomfort as a reminder of like, I don't want to be that anymore. Or, Hey, look how far I've come. Like, yes, this might still be bothering me, but I'm light years away from where I was, or maybe I'm only an inch farther than I was yesterday, but I'm recognizing it and I'm aware and I can be grateful for that because that is progress. Um, and I also think, um, I heard, I heard on another training and I forget who it was. And I think it was, maybe she was talking about Louise. Hey, but in seeing things that triggered her. So, you know, Mm -hmm if someone is desperate to find a partner and they want to be married and they feel like, you know, I'm at that age where I feel like everyone around me is married. And, you know, there's some women that are like, oh, there's, there's not enough men and I'm never going to find someone. And they would see a couple in public, um, you know, holding hands or being affectionate instead of hating on them and being like, oh, you know, you're pushing that away from you. If that's how you feel about love, you are just sending more negative energy towards that. But if you can say, that's for me. I see that. You are raising that vibration around how you feel about love or relationship or whether it's finances or whether it's career. Like, oh, that's for me. Yep. That's for me. You're basically calling it in and manifesting what you want rather than putting negative energy into it and pushing it away. And I think that's where our mindset is so important. Well, oh, I agree a hundred percent. And I think there's also this component of we have to make space for the good in our life, right? So when all this stuff starts to come up, it is, there. it's a teacher. And it's so important to welcome the teacher into your life and sit with the emotion and allow yourself to feel it. Because when we suppress, like you're talking about, and we push it down and all this stuff, we have no space left over for the good in our life. It's so important. That was one of the biggest things that I had to learn was like, I can't change any of my life story. I can't go back and erase XYZ part that I didn't like. I had to step into it, feel it, experience it, express. I had to learn how to change from a resentment. And like, I, cause I resented so much in my story. I was like, why did this have to happen to me? And all these horrible hardships that I endured, shifting it to a place of gratitude where I learned from it rather than like, why did this happen to me? To what can I learn from this experience was probably the thing that changed my life the most. Because as soon as I started doing that, I opened, I, I released all the shit that I was holding on to, And I opened up so much space for good in my life. So much space. It's crazy. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard to do that, but that discomfort is, and you know, emotional upheaval that happens with that is worth the beauty that you find on the other side. How did you know that? Because I know for me, like it it got to a point when I was leaving this relationship, I knew that there was a partner for me that would love me in the way that I needed. I knew that there was happiness and joy and, and there was a life waiting for me. And I think sometimes people don't know they can trust that there's going to be more for them and they don't know that they deserve more. How did you feel that? How did you go through that and negotiate that for yourself? Um, I think for me, I did what you were talking about. So prior to my current relationship, I was in a relationship, my ex that overdosed, passed away 
it was like a domestic violence situation where not regularly, but often enough, I would end up beaten on the floor or like, and I always blamed it. He was always drunk. And so I always blamed it on that. And that is not an excuse, ladies. If you are in that situation, it is not okay. No matter what, nobody has the right to treat your body like that and to treat you like that. And so for me, it's a little different because he did pass away. But prior to his passing, what I started to notice is I looked at other relationships that were in my life. Um, I knew that something wasn't right. And you can't be in that situation and think that it's okay. You just justify what's happening mm-hmm. based on the fear of, of leaving, right? Mm-hmm. Feels like you're going to freaking die if you leave this relationship. I know, I've been there. But once I started to really open myself up and like see that, oh, while well, like looking at my parents' relationship, they married 30 years last week, like so awesome. And like, yeah, they're not perfect and they fight sometimes, but knowing that like there's someone out there that's not going to beat the shit out of you, that's going to like honor and respect you, that's going to want the same things in life as you, that you don't have to drag behind you. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I chose the broken child that I wanted to like come on, I'll make you better. I'll fix you. <laughs> We've been there, girl. I've been there too. <laughs> that was like the theme of all of my relationships in the past. But for me, it was seeing that it is possible. And then that shift of mindset that I started to experience, right? Like, honestly, it was probably like the last time that when it kind of all hit me was I mean, he cheated on me all the time. So I walked in on him with somebody else. And then the next day he beat the shit out of me. And I was just like, this is, I don't want to like, this sucks. Like, I do not want to live my life. And I was clean at this point. I had gotten sober and I was like, I like, well, I didn't get clean just to go through this. I didn't go through all the shit that I went through in my past just to be thrown on the floor and kicked until I like beg for you to stop, you know, in the long enough or in the right way that you actually do. And so I did that. I I called in, like you were saying, the the happy, the healthy, the joy. Like I said, I I can have that, or that is what I want. Even not even if I believed that I could have it, knowing that that's what I wanted gave me more strength and courage than I had felt in the year prior. And so, being able to step away from it and and be picky you know after that relationship ended it ended and then he passed away like about a month and a half later after that all happened i got super picky i was like i am not gonna accept anything into my life that is that is less than awesome you know and i and i weeded through a lot of people and honestly how i met my partner that i'm with now is we were rock climbing which is like my thing that's like the thing that brings me the most joy in life. That's, you know, like you have dance, mine is rock climbing. I love it. Just happened to meet each other, like happened to be climbing next to each other one day outside and started talking and then, you know, like became really good friends and then eventually started dating. And it took a long time for me to get to a space where I was open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, even once he was in my life, it still took a long time. 
I don't want to misconstrue or have everyone think that like, once you find this person or once you start to attract greatness into your life, that everything's like butterflies and rainbows. It's still hard. There's still a lot of work. He still triggers a lot of my shadow stuff. But what's awesome about this relationship, instead of throwing me on the floor and kicking me, he says, oh, well, that sounds really hard. How can I support you in getting through that? You know? And it's not just in romantic partnerships. That happens in friendships too. Like, like-minded women coming together. And I think that's what both of us are trying to cultivate, coming together and raising each other up and saying, I see you goddess. I feel your pain. I'm here to support you because I've been there and no one should have to endure what I endured alone. Right. And so, yeah, I think just the first step for me was recognizing that there was something better out there, whether I was deserving of it or not, just being and pointing out in my life, like, oh, well, that relationship looks really nice. Or this person is like have living a good life and just being aware that it's possible. And then you start to work on that. It's possible for you. I love that. And, and I will say like your relationship with your man now, you can just see the love and the support. Like you can, it oozes out of your pictures on Instagram and your stories. And, and it's so, so beautiful. And it's another thing. Like I love seeing, I love seeing that. And I love, again, you giving permission to women, regardless of your background, regardless of the shit that you went through, you are totally able and capable and worthy of making the change and calling in what you want. Like Mm -hmm. 100%. I just, I love it. Thank you sharing. Thank you for sharing all of that because I just feel like that is so powerful and, and so amazing. Mm -hmm. So, all right, now you are living your life. You have the most amazing little puppies. You've got this partner, like you are coaching women. You are doing all this awesome stuff. What are you most excited for right now in your life? Oh my gosh. So much. <laughs> I'm everything. My life, ladies, I can't even begin to tell you. Like, seriously, I was, when Sam and I were talking about doing this, I was like, well, yeah, six years ago, I was living homeless on the streets. Six years. I was literally home. I didn't have a single thing. I have a house. I have a car. I have dogs. I have a partner. Like, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams now. It is incredible. So I'm excited every damn day when I wake up. Um, but I'm not like waking up on a street somewhere. It's crazy. Um, I think the biggest thing for me right now is like, I just get so excited to share my message. I have a lot of like really awesome plans. Like, I mean, I have courses that I'm launching and all this like business stuff. But I think the biggest thing is just like continuing to share my story because I really wish that there was someone out there that shared their story so raw and vulnerably and authentically that could have kept me from enduring the pain that I did for as long as I did. I don't think that there's anything that that could have happened in my life that would have kept me from that pain. But I think that I sat in it a little bit longer than I needed to, just because I just refused to learn the lesson. And for me, if I had the opportunity to go and just like meet every single woman that was me six years ago and tell them it gets better and tell them it's going to be okay. Like, yeah, okay. You may maybe, yeah, whatever people say that maybe you don't believe me or whatever, 
but just be like, no, listen, you don't have to go through this the same way that I went through this. That's what I'm most excited about is, I mean, I've been working as a therapist in residential treatment centers for substance abuse recovery for years now. And the biggest thing I saw was people waited until they got to the same point that I did. They waited until that pain was so unbearable. They waited until the chaos and the extremes and it's my husband's going to leave me. I might die. My liver's failing. I'm going to go to prison for the rest of my life. Like these extreme consequences were in their face and we don't have to do that. Like that's what I'm most excited for is to help women specifically kind of hit their rock bottom or reach that breaking point before actually hitting the rock bottom. And mm. no, does that make sense? 100%. 100%. I love that. So, so, so much. I'm, I'm so excited for you because I mean, even in the last year, I just feel like you have blossomed and grown and your vision for your life has gotten so much bigger. And, and I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to support you in this and to be your friend through all of this amazing stuff. I'm super pumped for you. Um, so if people, if women that are listening are curious about working with you, mm -hmm. where can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. What's uh, your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is the little underscore thingy, the fire within, and then another underscore. And, and we'll, link that, we'll link that up under the show notes so that if people just want to go down and link it, um, they can find you there. And the same thing, the fire within coaching is what most of my stuff is under. Um, because like, I think that I'm, the fire within embodies exactly what I want. Like you're live life full out. I'm like, reignite that fire, live some fiery, passionate life of like amazingness. So yeah, um, I have a lot more of my story. I didn't get into a lot of the nitty gritty details of my story in this. Um, but I do have a lot posted on my blog or if you have questions, like, please reach out to me. I love sharing my story. Like I'm down to talk. I'll tell you every nitty gritty detail of what I experienced if it helps you. So you don't have to go through it. I love that. I love that about you. Um, okay. So first I just want to say thank you so much for showing up the way that you show up. Thank you so much for sharing your story. We, and I so appreciate every everything that you do and i think that you are going to make a massive impact and that people need to hear you so thank you for sharing your voice thank you for sharing your story i honor you i am like bowing down to you you can't see me but i'm like you know <laughs> bowing goddess queen um so thank you I can see thank you, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like receive receive um so i just want to finish with one final question and i feel like there's a million other things i want to get into like the chakras and your your daily rituals and all of those good things but maybe we'll have you back for another time because um this is just too good um so <laughs> the last thing that i just want to ask you knowing that this podcast is called a full out full out podcast how or what would be one piece of advice you'd give to someone if they're like, I want to live my most full out, expansive, abundant, amazing life, the most amazing business, life, relationships. What's one piece of advice that you would give me? Oh, that's hard. And <laughs> <laughs> things just went through my head. Um, one thing that really stands out to me that I was going to say earlier is you have to know yourself before you can live full out, right? Go on a trip by yourself. It's just like a day trip. 
do something where you are completely isolated by yourself, not with your friends, not with your partner, not with your family, where you get to make all the decisions. And then you can figure out what you like, what you don't like, what music are you going to play? You know, where are you going to go? What do you want to do when you're there? And I did that. And it was one of the greatest things that I did. And I know that not everyone can take like a month off to just go wander the world. But even if you have a day, like pick a Saturday, tell your partner to watch the kids, tell, ask for your friend to babysit your dog or whatever. Right. And go and figure out who you are, because until you do that, you cannot live full out. Right. The key Girl. to my full out is is knowing who you are, is being your authentic, real self. Girl, that was amazing. Mic drop. Thank you so much, <laughs> you guys. If there is someone that needs to hear this podcast, please share it. Please tag us on Instagram stories. We'd love to see your stories. If you have questions, please feel free to reach out. If you want to continue the conversation, let us know. Thank you so much for tuning in, Erica. You are amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.